listening to the Online Empire Academy podcast, where you'll discover some of the best and most creative ways to provide for your family and get started on your journey to entrepreneurship. No crazy get-rich-quick schemes. No living in a van down by the river with your family while you build your business. If you want real, actionable, and proven entrepreneur ideas that you can use right now, join us for free at theonlineempireacademy.com. Now, get ready for the Online Empire Academy podcast. What's up, Online Empire Academy? Joshua Woodward here, your podcast host. Today's sponsor is the Yorba Label Company. They're giving us 25% off of 3,000 address labels. If you've ever shipped Amazon FBA, you know that you need those address labels. So it's a great deal, guys. Here's how you get it. Go on to Amazon.com. Type in address labels. Select perfect peel address labels. In the checkout, you're going to use the promo code LABELS25. That's going to get you the 25% discount. It's time to hop in with our guest. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the podcast. Today, I have on a very special guest. Uh, It's my uncle, but more than anything, uh, Tim Nash is a a coach and has been coaching for a really, really long time. He's been coaching professionals all over the world, and he actually lives in Munich. So we are talking to him from Munich live today. I'm super excited. But Tim, I wanted to ask you your story. I wanted to introduce you, and I wanted you to just kind of tell people what you've been up to and kind of your backstory on how you got there. Sure. Well, first of all, thank, thanks for having me, Josh. Um, yeah, well, like you said, I'm in Munich now, I'm originally from, from Los Angeles. Um, but uh, probably for about the last 21 years or so, I've been, for the most part, living outside of the States. Um, so my story is, is not a traditional one. It's kind of, um, it's taken a few twists and turns, but um, it, Sort of after three years of working in the, the financial services industry in the Los Angeles area, um, I decided to do something completely different. So I'm taking you back a long time ago, p- probably to uh, a few years after you were born, probably, I think. <laughs> what year were you born again? Uh, 1993. Okay, yeah, a couple years, <laughs> you, a couple years after you were born. Um, and uh, I uh, decided to... Uh, I, I'd never been out of the country. Um, I was 23 years old. Um, I'd been working, you know, at a, at a banks, and I was working at a mutual funds house. And I, I felt like I was, I was 23, but I felt like I was going on sort of 63, and wanted to do something <laughs> different. So um, I got a passport. I sold, or I, I gave everything away that I owned, and uh, I went uh, over to Far East Asia uh, to teach English. I didn't know anything about about uh, teaching or South Korea, but there was an opportunity. They were looking for English teachers. Um, so I went and did that sort of on a whim. Um, and while I was there, I had a chance to visit Japan, sort of fell in love with Japan and that area of the world, um, and ended up staying there for over three years, uh, teaching and traveling um, around around Japan and, and Southeast Asia. Um, but more than anything, I've, I found that I loved working with people. And with with groups, um, you know, I'd been working with sort of faceless money and in banks and and trading stocks and bonds and things. And um, all of a sudden, I was I, I couldn't believe I was getting paid to talk to people and to build relationships. <laughs> 
um, you know, and I was sort of teaching for all different purposes from, you know, helping college kids prepare for their entrance exams, you know, their English entrance, entrance exams, or, um, you know, helping business, um, sort of salarymen raise their cultural awareness. And so it was sort of a natural fit for me. I had studied, um, business in, in college. So, um, I had a bit of a business background and then with the, the banking, uh, work, um, you know, I felt really like I had found my place helping people, but also with the business context. Um, and, uh, that led to a few other things and a, and a few more long trips and travels and, and sort of into the nineties, I decided to relocate to the U S um, or I thought I was ready to relocate. Um, but I, uh, I took a job, um, with a tour company actually leading international tours, um, all over the world, China, Europe, um, Alaska. Um, and it was like a dream job or I thought it was a dream job combining my passion for travel, um, with, um, you know, a profession leading the tours and, and again, working with people and groups. Um, but soon it became a bit more like replacing passports and a lot of handholding and things. And, and it wasn't quite the dream job that I, <laughs> that I had wished for. Um, so I went back to the States uh, and in San Francisco and that's where I met um, a woman, young woman by the name of Miriam, uh, who you know is, uh, is, is my wife now. But at the time, um, she was living in San Francisco and we met. And uh, she said, you know, I, I, after we dated for, for, for a little while, she said, I've got to go back to my home of Munich. Um, it was, you know, nice, nice uh, spending some time with you, but um, I've got to go back. And I said, well, look, I've, I've been to that area of the world. Um, how about I come with you? So, uh, 14 and a half years later, here I am in Munich. And, uh, again, it was a, it was a great fit when I came here because, um, I had the background in the financial services industry and, you know, the business studies. Um, but then I had also taught English in Asia. So I had a bit of a, a background with, the, with the teaching, um, but also in the business, the corporate world. Um, so this was sort of 2001, 2002, uh, and English was really emerging as this, the global language and globalization was sort of, um, you know, in full force, you could say. Um, so it was great because I could, you know, I jumped into the companies and started teaching business English and mm. intercultural awareness training and competence training. Um, and that soon led to management skills training. Um, and so I went from, you know, just working with individuals and, and groups in the classroom to working with teams and, and leaders eventually. Um, and that led me to, to doing more of the, the coaching for professionals, uh, for performance, but also executive coaching where, you know, I really help people raise their awareness and, and achieve their goals. Um, but usually it's also working with, with, with teams and helping teams sort of to resolve conflicts or, you know, um, to do something to improve performance and, and their results. Um, so um, that sort of brings brings us up to present day in Munich and working with teams and leaders, uh, um, helping awareness and, and develop skills or, or let's say take action uh, for, for, for positive change. I, I grew up just looking at all these, you know, we get postcards or, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd get calls from all these different places. And so I grew up with Tim being this like 
epic traveler. And, you know, we, we, had, we had lived in Georgia when I was younger and, and he came back to visit with this long, luscious hair. And like, so my, <laughs> my picture of, of, you know, just kind of the world was so broadened and, and so exciting for me, uh, when, you know, when you come back and tell all these stories. And, and so when, just kind of watching the transition in and, you know, my parents going out to visit them in Munich and, and always desiring just to go and travel more. It, it's so it's so interesting because the more and more people I talk to, there's this heart of like, oh, I want to travel. I want to go. I want to do. And I, I always thought it was so inspiring that you just did it like you didn't. You know, you sold everything. You just did it. So that was that was always an inspiration. There was one thing that you said in that and that was cultural awareness Mm. What is one of the biggest problems you're seeing with young entrepreneurs or, mm-hmm. or young businessmen that are trying to get into a global market? What's that one problem you're seeing? Okay. Well, I think it's probably a lack of knowledge or awareness about the regions they're trying to break into. You know, so um, I've done a lot of work with um, mixed German and American teams, for example, um, project teams and, and and other sort of teams and and. You know, although Americans and Germans are very similar, we look alike. Um, however, when, you know, you're developing a product uh, in one country, in, in Germany, um, the, the local market has different needs and different issues. Yeah. And different. So you, you need to be aware of, you know, the local markets. You know, if you want to break into, you know, a lot of companies now are moving to China and Asia. Well, you got to know what, what do they want? What are, what are their pain points? How yeah. can I help them? You know, so really, I think the biggest um, problem and issue is it's just a lack of knowledge um, with, you know, with the areas that people want to move into. It's that's interesting because a lot of what we do and a lot of the people we're talking to are private labeling. Uh, so they're going to, the you know, using uh, sites like Alibaba and going directly to the manufacturers in China and having those items shipped over. And so there's a lot mm-hmm. of communication with with the uh, you know the Chinese marketplace, what right. what you know just a, a a quick suggestion for that area? What would you give to us as you know desiring to break into that market? What would you have us know about that specific area or region? Well, he, here's a, a big observation that I've made the last few years. You know, um, the the traditional advice was you know learn the do's and the don'ts before you go to a country, huh. right? Uh, and those are great. It's great to have the do's and the don'ts and you get the travel guide or, you know, you, you talk to somebody who's been to those countries and, and you learn about what to do, what not to do. Um, however, um, it's hard to do that these days because of globalization and because, you know, we all share media, we all share entertainment, you know. So you've got, you know, when you think, you know, okay, let's say Asia is very hierarchical. You need to go through certain channels to make decisions and things. That might not be the case. So my best advice would be to get a, let's say, a, a contact person or a partner, a sparring partner from that area and, you know, ask them questions. What, huh. what do the people need? What do they want? Um, or, or, you know, ask the people directly with the manufacturers or whoever. Um, the, the more contact you can have with, the more you can learn about the people you want to sell to huh. or market to, the, the better, you know, because each person even china has a lot of regional differences i would imagine you know so you know what's good for this area might not be good for the another area so try to figure out you know what these 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 people need what are their pain points how can i help them huh. that's really good 
Well, the the reason the reason I wanted to to have Tim on is he he runs a blog called The Path to Peak Performance. And I was I was reading it one day and I came across this article talking about the strategic approach to setting clear boundaries and managing your workload. And it, it was it was a bit of a mouthful at first and then I started thinking about all the different things that I'm doing on a daily basis and the realization that I'm not optimizing my time and then started talking about the talking to the people around me and having conversations with Dean or you know just just the people we work with on a daily basis and I was like wow we we as solo or entrepreneurs are having these problems with managing time you know, I was, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and he was like, hey, yeah, like, you know, it's the most heartbreaking thing is when your you know, your daughter walks up to you and she's like, daddy, can you please shut your computer? Like, can we can we play now? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, like, it's killer. But there is the thing of like, like learning when to when to stop. My my question to you is obviously we'll be posting the link to this uh, to this blog because it's I think it's it's going to be really good for you guys to read this. But my question is what what is the problem that you're seeing that brought you to this point of writing the blog post? This this article, well, you know, this is Josh. This is something I see with lots of different professionals that I that I work with. You know, this sort of having too much on their plate. They're stretched in so many different directions. So you talk about solopreneurs or people who are out on their own working. You know, um, this is maybe even more extreme. Because, and I include myself in that group. Um, we take on more. You know, it's like um, because we don't have a boss saying, "Okay, this is what you need to do this month or or this year or, or whatever." You know, yeah. so we set our own targets and we push ourselves. And yeah, that computer seems to be on twenty four seven. So. What, what I saw, what I, what I saw and I still see more than ever, you know, um, inbo- inboxes are overflowing, you know, um, the mails are coming and they're not stopping, right? Um, resources are, are less and less. So whether, again, you're alone or you're working for a, a team or a group, people are being asked to do more with less, Yeah. right? Um, competition is increasing. So, of course, your profit margins are shrinking. So you've got to m- be more productive and more effective. Um, and you know, outsourcing is another big issue that I see a lot because even groups that even five, two, three years ago would not have been outsourced now are, are being outsourced. And this whole, you know, digitalization, for example, um, you know, it's it's turning all kinds of things upside down. So there's, there's this, and then, you know, balancing this with, you know, we, we all have personal commitments, you know, our family and our, and our friends, um, and then there's the professional commitments. So what we're talking about, responsibilities and the goals we want to achieve uh, and the blogs we want to write, right? And the interviews we want to do. Um, but you add to that, add to the personal and prof- professional commitments, add to that sort of the, this notion of society now um, that says, you know, busy is important huh. and s- stress equals hard work. Huh. Right. So there's this pressure from the society and we, we buy into that. I mean, me more than anyone, you know, it's like, okay, I've got to make the most of my eight hours a day here or my, my 10 hours. Or, you know, when my wife's away for the weekend, sometimes I work the whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's saying, Hey, you know, let's go for a walk. Let's, let's go, um, enjoy the weekend. (laughs) Let's go hear the birds singing in the park. I'm like, oh, look, I've got this 48 hours. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to write three blog posts and I'm going to do. Totally. So it goes goes for all of us. I I think the the interesting thing is 
uh, obviously the more and more you talk to people, the more and more you recognize that we all have our own issues and we all have our own problems. But mine is, is I, I think I, I'm totally the same way. Whereas, you know, on, on Monday nights, every Monday nights, Hannah goes and dance. She's got, she's got this dance class. And every Monday night I go, okay, perfect. It's my, it's my time to get that work done. And, yeah, yeah, and exactly. I'm like, do I need to rest? Absolutely. But do I need to do this as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like I've, I've, I've got to maintain what's going on here, uh, but it's not productive. I, I end up being counterproductive in, in the blog yes. post. You talk about looking at the bigger picture. What mm-hmm. does that mean? Well, if if you think about sort of a professional in a company, um, you know, um, obviously there are times when you're when you're really busy and there's a lot on your plate and you're being stretched in different directions. Um, looking at by looking at the big picture, what I mean is, you know, look at the reasons why you're super busy at that huh. time. You know, if you're in a company, is there a merger going on? Um, you know, um, has your group just been merged with another group? Um, or let's say, let's take, take me for example, you know, I remember when I started my blog a year and a half ago or so, um, you know, I didn't want a blank blog up there. So I wanted to like write as many articles, you know, a couple articles a month so that when people went to my blog, they didn't just see one article there. Right. So, you know, look at the big picture. Why, why am I busy? And is it a permanent, is it a systemic Uh thing? do I see an end in sight? Um, and, you know, if, if you see it's a temporary situation, then ask yourself, you know, is this discomfort that I can live with, you know, and tell yourself, you know, this is not going to last forever. Right. So, I mean, look at, and look at the, I guess your priorities and the reasons. And, and if you, you want to be doing something, you know, like if you choose to do something on Monday night, I think that's fine. As long as you know what you're giving up you know what you're giving up by by working you know being aware of the choices you're making and the costs i think because it's so busy and because we're all moving around and change is all around us we lose sight of you know um of our priorities and you know why we do what we do and and if it's worth it or not the cost yeah that i i wrote in my notes why am why am i busy i i think that that's it's so interesting to look at that perspective and look at kind of the, you know, why am I busy thought process? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I going through what I'm doing? Why am I, I think just the why question is so important to this. One of the things I hate doing is asking for help, but I understand that it's really important. What would you say to somebody in my place that, that doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. kind of wants to do the, I can do it on my own. What would you say to Mm -hmm. that? Well, I think um, that's a natural sort of tendency to to want to do things on on your own. Um, if I think about and the, my article is called "You Take Take a Strategic Approach to Setting Boundaries and Saying No and 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 Managing the Workload." And if I think about being strategic, um, asking for help um, can actually be strategic because by asking for help, let's say you're asking your boss or even your colleagues for help, you're you're communicating that. You, your big picture to them, right? So you can kind of kill two b- birds with one stone even. Um, so there's, there's that benefit um, in addition to, you know, everybody needs help. Um, and, you know, I, I read years ago that the, um, the four most powerful words in English are, um, um, I need your help. Huh. Yeah. So, or, or switch that around, you know, can you help me? Another four words, you know, 
people like to help, you know? So keep that in mind. So, you know, I mean, this is asking directly for help. Um, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, Yeah, you know? Um, and people like to be needed. People like to help. I certainly do. You know, if, if you say, look, Tim, I don't know about much about this topic. I know you, you know, you lived in Japan. Look, I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit about this. I would be happy to spend a couple hours talking to you about that. You know, I, I would love, there's nothing more I would love to do than help you learn about a place in Japan that I've been or have lived, you know? People like to be needed. That's, yeah. Man, I, I'm reading, I'm reading through, uh, how to flu- influence people and win friends or win friends and influence people. However, uh, whatever that, that, yeah, yeah, that, that book, however you say it. Um, but that's, it is totally this resounding thing and it keeps coming back to this idea of, you know, people like to be needed. People like to be, feel important. Yes. But you, you, you said something interesting and that was communicating the big picture. And I think that's the number one hitch I have when I go and ask Hannah of like, Hey, I really need help on this. Or, you know, like this weekend I shot a video for a friend and I'm like, man, I had to ask for her help, which is really hard. But ultimately she felt a part of the, the whole scenario. She felt like she added something to that shoot and it ended up making her feel really happy that she was there, but communicating what was mm. in here mm-hmm. and trying to get that out was really difficult. How would you how would you help me in this situation ultimately help the audience in this situation? Well, I mean, I think you you said it, you know, you 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 took the time to communicate the big picture and you got the help, but you know, I mean, I, I think it usually comes down to sort of we or let's say I think that oh, that's just too much information, there's too much back, background. So you you know, you you ask for help or you give an order or you make a statement without giving that big picture. But again, coming back to this thing, people like to help, but they also like to know the background of things, huh. you know? So, um, <laughs> you know, tre- treating each other humanly, treating each other like a human beings and not machines, you know, where we, a machine, you just, you punch in the domain and the website pops up or you, huh. you push a button and you order something. It's transactional. Whereas the humans, you know, it's relational. It's not transactional. So, you know, by taking the time to explain the big picture and why you need help and, you know, how it can help you and how their involvement can help you and help them too, you know, I mean, making them feel a part of it, as you said, you know, I think keeping this in mind, um, you'll take a few extra minutes and explain the big picture. You know, if you, if you know that their motivation will be higher as a result. That's, that's my biggest argument with Hannah consistently is she's like, tell me how you got there. Like, why is it that you want to go do this? And I'm like, no, like, I just want to go do it. Like, I don't want to have to explain it. But I, I love it's 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 relational. Not it, it's it's about the relationship. It's about that connection. It's about the, you know, here's why I'm doing that. And that ultimately gives them the it, it makes them feel needed it makes them feel like they're a part of the situation man i that that's such a good takeaway definitely what? i mean i mean you said it makes them feel part um i'd say you know there are times where you can say trust me just do it or totally. trust me let me do it and and you know to do that to have that kind of relationship that can be relational and tra- transactional you need a lot of trust huh. you know um where you just, you know, trust me, I, I don't have time or energy to explain it right now. 
let me just do this. So, um, you know, you, you said communication and building that trust is key, but then there are times where you want to be able to be transactional, but you need trust huh. for that, right? Huh. That's good. That's good. Building trust so you can be transactional. That's really good. I mean, not all the time, but sometimes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Truth held intention. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the last point you had made in the blog was thinking before accepting. Can you mm-hmm. kind of expand on that whole idea? Yeah, well, I think it's, um, you know, a, a natural impulse to say yes to things. Um, but I think, you know, we need to ask ourselves some critical questions before we say yes to something. Um, you know, I think we're taught to, to say yes and yes, we can. And, you know, yes, I can help or whatever, but, you know, asking yourself a few questions like, do I really have the capacity for this? You know, um, is this something that, that I would be best doing or could somebody else help out in this situation? You know, and, and, you know, asking yourself, yourself these questions, um, before accepting, you know, so, because what you what you don't want to do is you don't want to accept something. Let's say in a professional environment, you know, you don't want to accept something. Um, even as a you know, as a with with one of your clients, you don't want to accept something, and then come back later and say, oh, I, I I couldn't manage it, or 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 I need it, I need more time, or I need more resources. That's a bad reflection on you, huh. man. I, I was just thinking of of being out this weekend doing this video for a friend, and uh, you know I've been I've been kind of stressed about when I'm going to be able to to develop this content and and actually go through and edit this content. And I, I think that your your point before about relation like it's relational, not transactional, mm-hmm. it totally applies to this last point where it's think mm-hmm. before accepting. Like actually, like. For me, for me, when somebody asks something of me, I don't typically go to the relational side of things and wanting to understand. I just kind of do what I'm told. And mm-hmm. and ultimately, I don't feel like I get to be a part of that transaction. In a sense, I don't get to I don't get to understand fully. And then when I've chosen to go more towards the relational side, I I do feel like I'm a part of it. And and, hmm. I, and I do feel like I, I can think before accepting. And when I ask questions about, okay, why, you know, even in a pay situation, why am I getting paid this and not this? Why am I doing this for free? Is this really going to benefit me or my businesses or, you know, what is, what am I getting from, from the end of it? Because, you know, the goal is to have a win-win, but, but mm-hmm. just accepting things doesn't always produce that. I, I there's so much gold in this, man. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again because I'm going to have to dig through that. What would be kind of your parting words for our audience as solopreneurs or entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I would touch on this idea of, of being aware of, of why you said why is the critical question, right? So, you know, I have these four steps to take this strategic approach. You mentioned a couple of them, you know, think about the big picture and communicate the big picture and, and, and think before saying yes. Um, so I would add one final point um, to this list. Um, and that is, you know, recognize busyness as a choice. Huh. You know, we all have moments in our life where the professional or the personal commitments are, are a lot, you know, we've got people getting married, maybe I'm getting married, maybe, you know, maybe that somebody in my family is sick, work is crazy. Um, so we all go through these, these periods where we're super busy, right? 
Um, however, um, we choose how busy we are. We choose where we, what we spend our time on, you know, and we were talked about you on Monday nights, for example. So be aware of the, the cost if, yeah. if there is a cost tonight or me working all weekend and not going out and listening to the birds and want, you know, getting fresh air and sunshine. <laughs> I'm choosing to stay at my computer all weekend. Yeah. You know, what's, what's the cost, you know? So be, be aware of, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and the costs of it. You know, I think just increased awareness. And I think my, my brain typically will go to, you know, what is the cost on a monetary scale, but there's a relational scale too. And and I really like that you just kind of, you put that to like, Hey, you know, am I becoming more alive? I, you know, if I'm not hearing the birds, will I be alive on Monday? You know, am I, am I going to actually function to the best of my abilities? So I think that's really that's- good. That's right, you know, and and I think this is something that I have to tell myself and learn and relearn. And you know, I'm a solopreneur. I'm on my own. I'm doing things. So I, you know, you said we want to be productive, right? We want to make the most of our time. So um, I think, okay, if I spend these eight hours doing this, well, the truth is, the big uh, one of the biggest parts of m- my job is is thinking creatively and coming up with ideas and sort of connecting the dots and. And I, I need stimulation for that. Yeah. And if I'm sitting in a dark room in, in my pajamas at the computer, <laughs> I don't get the stimulation coming in. But if I, I do something different, take a you know, step away from the computer, do something different, yeah. this starts generating some ideas and some creative thoughts and things. So it's not just about, you know, for, for me, I mean, I could be probably more productive in two hours, you know, um, than I can in eight hours yeah. if I've had some stimulation you know, before. So that's, that's my biggest challenge, let's say. Man, that's so good. Well, thank you so much for all of the knowledge you've poured into us. I know that I feel encouraged and, and, uh, Empire, we'll, we'll post the link. Please go, uh, just check out this, this, the blog. I think there's a ton of value just in this and, and so many of his other posts. So, uh, yeah, go check that out guys. We'll have the links posted below. Thank you for tuning in. And Tim, thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys listening, and I hope you were motivated by our guest today. Again, our podcast sponsor for the day was the Yorba Label Company. If you want to get that 25% off of 3,000 address labels, I know I already got mine, and I'm so excited about them. They're fantastic. Go on to Amazon.com, search address labels, you're going to find them under Perfect Peel Address Labels. Click on it in the checkout, go to the promo section or the promo code, and type in Labels25. Again, that's going to secure you that 25% off. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it, guys. If you want to know more about us and everything we're doing, go on to theonlineempireacademy.com. You can also go on Facebook at Facebook forward slash The Online Empire Academy or on YouTube. Same thing, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Until next time, Empire, have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Online Empire Academy podcast. If you want real, actionable, and proven entrepreneur ideas that you can use right now, join us for free at theonlineempireacademy.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, help us make more by rating us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We'll see you next time.